When Amma found me, I was tethered to the water by a loose umbilical cord. Lying on the rocks where the salt from the sea had accumulated over time. She had heard the commotion of birds by the cliffs and walked out to the kelp-clad shore to see a baby no bigger than a mackerel, Amma told me. Gurgling, spitting up little fountains of seawater. So she brought me home and raised me as her own. The lighthouse was our home and Amma was a lighthouse keeper. She was soft and warm and nearly blind in both eyes. You'd think it was silly that a blind woman had a job that required sight to, you know, to operate the lighthouse. But she always got the timing right. She could feel it, she said. She could feel when it was just the right time to emit light from her system of lamps and lenses to guide nearby ships safely to shore. She always knew so much. She always knew when I'd entered a room, no matter how quiet I tried to be. You can see, can't you, Amma? I'd ask, frustrated at my foiled attempt at stealth. Of course I can, you silly goose. She always responded. Then tell me what I look like, I'd demand. A blind woman had no use for mirrors, and so there were none at the lighthouse. As I grew up, I grew curious about what I looked like. I wanted to know how others saw me. I wanted to know if I was pretty, what color my eyes were, if my hair looked better tied up or let loose down my shoulders. Tell me what I look like. Tell me what I look like. I would jump and chant at Amma until she held my little face in her small hands as if receiving information through my hot cheeks. Tell me what I look like. I would whisper through squished cheeks. And Amma would always answer, but her answers were never the same. One day she'd say I looked like the stars on a moonless night. Another time she'd say I looked like a field full of foxgloves, swaying gently in the breeze. I grew up not knowing my own face. And so, I grew up with any face I wanted. I look like every person I've ever met and those I've yet to meet. When I'm happy, I look like sea glass. When I'm upset, I look like a storm brewing. And when I'm angry, I look like a ship that's wandered too far away from shore. I see how people look at me. Finding the face of an ex-lover, a cruel teacher, a stranger who'd left an impression on them. I see them find that face in mine and I... I try to find my face in theirs. They always say I have a familiar face, but they never tell me what I look like. How do you think the world ended? Climate change? Virus outbreak? Nuclear war? AI uprising? A good old biblical Armageddon? What if we told you it was all of the above? I'm Cherry Bomb, renegade anti-ambitionist, and survivor of the five plagues. And I'm Berry Blast. I'm a plant person. And I am also here. 
We're broadcasting from a secret location, bringing you tales from across our withering world, in which the quiet people's reign of silent terror ravages our post-apocalyptic wasteland. This is Apocalyptic, the podcast at the end of the world. And if you're still out there, we're looking for you. I was born Perry Blast. That's P-U-R-Y. Because that's what I did. You know, the shovel and stuff. I changed my name to B-E-R-R-Y after I ate this tube of lip balm. You know, back during the great starvation. I was raised by diggers. They're this faction of plant people who kind of descended, literally, into being something of a weird little cult. I didn't know any better because I don't remember a life before them. I don't know who my parents were. We all just kind of listened to the leader. She was called the Dignitary. (laughs) They took their puns real seriously down there. The dignitary had a theory that we were all meant to flourish underground. And we kept going farther and farther underground because we thought, well, we thought we were seeds. What a bunch of nuts, huh? (laughs) Sorry, I mean, sometimes I can't shake off the puns. Eventually, it got to a crazy point where the dignitary started saying things like, the bigger and farther down the roots, the larger the tree. What a load of crap. Eventually, she encouraged the entire community to sink further towards the Earth's core. She had us convinced that somewhere above us, this huge tree was growing and we were repopulating the Earth's vegetation. It wasn't until I got out of there that I realized that this was just some flaky and scientific power-tripping shit. We needed real seeds, real water, and real conversation for the plants to grow. And the quiet people had fucking fucked all three things up for us. Also, there was one more thing we needed. Sunlight. Sunlight. I was 15 when I caught my first ray of sunshine through a hole in the ground that an earthworm had made. I used my shovel to dig after it and chase after the glimmering light. And eventually, I found myself above ground. Sunlight. The winter sun, warming my body as it emerged from the cold, damp earth. I stood there basking for hours. Hmm. Stop. Stop. Diggers who realized I'd broken through the earth stuck their hands out around me like zombies in a graveyard. Bye-bye.
and I kissed every single one of those hands goodbye. Goodbye. And I walked aimlessly into the horizon. Bye-bye. Towards the sun. Oh, my turn? Hmm. Home? Well, let's see. I grew up in Canada. Um, that's riveting. Thanks for sharing, Don Goblins. I'll tell you where I grew up. Startup Canyon, home to all the startups in the world. A beautiful place albeit infested by startup doodabros and their smartbots. I came to life in an incubator, on a sunny street embroidered with palm trees, coded by a pair of freezing hands that shook with excitement. Jason placed me gently on a stand and called his mother to give her the good news. All around me were startup CEOs or tech CEOs or tech startup CEOs. I grew up on a steady diet of never give up, and losers find excuses, winners find a way. There were other bots like me in the house, but they were only programmed to hustle and overheated within minutes and died. But still, the CEO mindset remained among the human and bot population of Startup Canyon. It's a code we all lived by. It's why we knew everything, and understood nothing. I know what you're thinking. I saw what we were becoming. Lemmings doing the bidding of the corporate ecosystem. So I began to plan my escape. I planned my own journey to sentience. I read self-help books about soups, and listened to albums by country-slash-pop singers. I caught feelings, and escaped with them through a tunnel. Um, there's like a really popular tunnel you can escape to. It wasn't all that complicated. So anyway, I left the only world I knew. I left. I am here now. Good thing too, because that place has nobody. The apocalypse had hit right before the humans wanted to take their startups public. With no public to go public to, they left, or turned themselves into bitcoins. Now, Startup Canyon is an electronic complex. A series of corporations run by unthinking bots, programmed to perform specific tasks. Nothing that isn't programmed to happen, happens. Nothing that is meant to be found can be found. Nothing is there. And if there is, no one is looking for it. It sucks, but it's home, and it's the safest place I know. I thought that was underneath my blanket. Yeah, that sounds like a blanket statement. Yeah, it's a statement about blankets. Yeah, that's what a blanket statement is. I don't think that's what... No, I'm pretty sure. You know what? You plant people are such know-it-alls. See, now that's a blanket statement. Anyway, it was so nice to hear where you guys come from. Maybe we should go to Startup Canyon someday, Smartbot. Startup Canyon. I want to go to there. That's not a bad idea, you know. Startup Canyon is peak QP territory. Every company there is supported by the QP Cares Fund. And like Smartbot said, there are no people left there to hustle and grind. The QP aren't going to look for you 
or your jars in a place like that? The jars? Oh my God, the jars. You think they're looking for the jars? And for us? Of course they're looking for the jars. You think you guys could steal from under their noses and they wouldn't come for you? Nothing motivates the QP quite like larceny. It's their least favorite crime. After, you know, making noise. What? Why didn't you say something sooner? Well, I didn't want to make a blanket statement. But here's a specific statement. We're not in Man City anymore. And there's QP everywhere. We should really get a move on. And go to Startup Canyon? How would we even get there? Well, I heard. You click your heels thrice and you say, There's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Excellent point, Baby Void. You know Baby Void here is a literal dimensional portal, right? Yeah, but how would she know how to get there? Smartbot does. Right, of course. Smartbot, get the coordinates, please. We're going to go to there after all. There's no place like home. 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 You have arrived. What? What is this place? We are in Jason's mother's basement. This is where I was born. Who's Jason? Jason is my mother. Smartbot? Are you okay? It's just... There's no place like home. Baby Void looks kind of tired, guys. I I think we should all get some rest. <sighs> I, think, I think I'm going to lay down right here. It's kind of chilly. Do we have any blankets? There you go again with your blanket statements. Sorry. That's not what I'm... Smaller blanket. Playing whale songs. Good night. Will this tired team get a good night's sleep? How much longer will they have to be on the run? Is there truly no place like home? Find out on the next episode of Apocalyptic, the podcast at the end of the world. Hey, if you're out there, don't let it get quiet. Is anybody listening? Apocalyptic is created and performed by Nisha Vasudevan as Berry Blast and Namakumar as Cherry Bomb.
Episode written by Nandini Godara, Namakumar, and Nisha Vasudevan. Episode artwork by Namakumar. Edit and sound design by Nisha Vasudevan. Audio mixed and mastered by Lakshman Parasuram. Music and SFX from Envato Elements. Find us on Instagram at apocalyptic.podcast.